Hello! Welcome to another episode of Finding My Fit at 40. It's really hard to make that sentence interesting all the time. I feel like I have to find different I'm interested every time you do different it. Different rhythms. And <laughs> I, <laughs> you're right over there. You're all right. Uh, the boys gave me champagne. Yeah, we did. So, uh, <laughs> this is a late night podcast. I was going to say a little behind the curtains. Literally, I had to close the curtains because my kids are sleeping because it is nighttime and it we are is. recording the podcast. Right. For the first time at night, this is this a, is a the first time for us yep. to record one. We decided it was going to be really vulgar because it's a late night. Podcast. That makes sense. We're going to be dropping f bombs all be over crazy. the place. Oh my! And gosh. we're having champagne. Yeah, yeah we are. and it's four twenty. So what right. is happening? <laughs> so that's when we're recording. Uh, so due to scheduling issues, we usually schedule and uh, record in the morning. We weren't able to do that this week, so this was literally the only time that we all had to get together. If anybody's ever done anything with more than one person at a right. time. And, I mean, I really think the point to highlight here is, is we're getting fault? shit oh. done. Oh, I mean, that's the second point to highlight. <laughs> okay, all right. That's more of a sub point to a highlight. A sub point. Okay, like a 1A. Okay, like <laughs> it a. is my fault. Michael's but my, your fault. my commitment to I the cause, I drove back. It's true. Came straight and here. And came straight here for this. this that a was, it was a five and a half hour drive. Well that's done, the dedication that it takes. Damn right. To lead people <laughs> to their fitness. You know, it's just, I, I sat there uh, in a moment of meditation, which Did we you? all find throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how? How do we spread joy and happiness and health to the world? Well, it's not by me sitting my happy ass in the hotel room, is it? So I'm going to drive and I'm going to. I think the or champagne's sleeping. going in my head already, so it's, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> We're all fine. Everything's fine. Mike, your glass of champagne is large. Oh, that's what the problem is. I yeah, so. that's not a standard size glass. It was larger. It's been. Dwindling. It got yeah. larger while I was drinking. <laughs> so uh, thanks for joining us on another episode. Um, we got a good one today. I'm actually really excited to talk about the topic that we have um, just to talk about it today. We usually say that was a really good one after we're done recording, and we're, we're brutally honest right with ourselves. Super yeah. confident. Yeah. Yeah. I can appreciate that. Well, Mike, I want to know why we're recording at night. What have you been doing all week? I have uh, been going through a stunt boot camp for the last week, working with uh, a group of stunt professionals that I have worked with. I've done some um, indie films with, a couple of indie films with, and uh, actually did a TV series with. Um, them as well. Great, great group of people, but they, uh, we're going to eventually do a, a skills exchange where I can help teach some water skills, water-based stuff, some tactical uh, maneuvers and things like that, and they're running me through the whole, a lot of the skill sets that, that uh, somebody in the stunt industry would need, like wire work where you literally get ripped by you know, hydraulics and, and pulled all the way across the room kind of stuff. High that falls. Fun. I know it, it does sound fun. It's, fun. it's it? been yeah. fun. It in, in high falls, so we'll I'll get to do a, a thirty foot um onto like squishy things drop. or just dropping on the They'll do the airbag. Things? 
for the 30 foot fall would be that the still airbag. That does not sound as fun as the getting pulled by something. Well, you're, yeah. you're three stories up. It, it gets it tends to shake a good amount of people. And there's multiple ways of I'm going out. off that yeah. are needed in the film industry. Like you can go backwards off of it, and there's a technique for that. You can go, um, you know, they call it a, a face off where you go full off and almost Superman straight up, and then you have to face down, and then you have to twist right at the last second to land appropriately for the, the shot. Mm. They have a header where you go in off and then you're going straight down bombing with your head right towards the bag and then you have to whip your head down just in time like to, to land situation? on your back. Just kind in of. time not to kill yourself. You, you don't want to necessarily tuck and roll. You you just need to change the angle of your body so you land flat for each mm-hmm. one of those things. And they're very it's very technical stuff, which is just it's awesome. It's great kind of getting that skill set, getting some of those things on video so that just Builds up my resume when when a stunt coordinator asks for my resume. Now, yep, here's my stunt reel. Here's what I can do. Cool. What do we need for this this show kind of thing? Sounds super fun. It's, it's a week long. Minus fun. the heights thing. I'm out on that. A lot of people are no. one one of the. I mean, there, okay. there's a couple of individuals in uh, going through the week that that had the same thing. But it's it's taking that time and kind of seeing if you can get through that that fear barrier to at least see if it's something you want to do. And that's the beautiful thing though about the stunt industry. Like if you don't want to do high falls you just don't put it on your resume right you just do like whatever that's not stunts. something you will now like you get could be like hired a dude for who specializes in fire stunts correct or something cool 100 yep so they, <laughs> they cool. need somebody for for burns then you know that's that's maybe somebody who they'll they'll call if you have the experience with that yeah that's cool yeah but going through that's your skill getting lit on fire i you just light me on fire that's my skill go a it's a skill guy. i mean it, it is a cool. skill not only there's are there layers of of gel and and accelerant and clothing and suits but the stuff. person who is like that. that's usually somebody else who's setting up that burn and the person who's getting burnt whether they have that intimate knowledge of how it works or not they have to hold their breath for a certain amount of time because trying to breathe in you know, the flames oh. right in your face. Or if they need to get some air, like they'll have a fan that's blowing on the face to keep the flames going back while they're moving. And it's and it's usually for a short amount of time, but it's super, super technical. It's yeah, I don't think that would shit. be me. That freaks me out. Yeah. I'm not trying to be on fire. <laughs> Pass. It really comes down to, to trusting your team, knowing you have somebody who's done these burns often, and then you have four to six people around you with fire extinguishers, right, yeah. and you know the count as far as that goes, and they come in and they will get it. I imagine very, you very have quickly. like a safety word signal or something. Pineapple. I mean, I mean it's hard to say anything. <laughs> when yeah, it's I don't fire. think it's yeah. like a single signal. Ba- I mean, basically, they they'll drill it. Like if we hear anything other than your normal screaming, like you're supposed to do. That one scream sounded legitimate. If you say words, we're gonna put you the fuck out. Oh, yeah. good, they're not screaming anymore. Good. Or they're Maybe good you then. just say they're fire because you you know not to say fire, and then he says fire, and you're like, oh. Yeah, if, if anything's not going to script, like it's better to err on the side of just put them the fuck out and yeah. then you know figure it out after that point. But That's pretty funny. They're not moving. Are they all right? The shot's great though. Don't touch him. <laughs> he looks actually Don't dead. Screw <laughs> <it up>. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what though, the the boot camp portion of that, it, it's funny. Like I I consider myself to be in pretty good shape and I I train intensely, but going in for somebody else's workout and training and modalities that you're not used to and using a bunch of, of muscles that you don't use on a regular basis, I'm sore as shit. I was really? going to say, is that your way of saying that you hurt like a son oh, of a bitch right absolutely. now? Absolutely. Like, yeah. it, w- it was a grind from that aspect. Like, doing some of the stuff was, was definitely fun, but, I mean, it probably would have helped, too, if I decided to not, at 42 years old, learn how to do backflips uh, after having only learned them when I was 20 years old and doing for a few months. But <laughs> So I'm like, yeah, I'm 42-year-old. Let's just do some backflips. My first backflip of the day, 
on day one, I literally landed straight on my head and just. What, felt were you on like something squishy? Yeah, I was on a trampoline. Okay, well, but a instead of better, bouncing really from the trampoline, I was just taking backflips off it, which is a good medium to learn. So you just you just jump up as opposed to getting a bounce and going. So it's still a good learning platform. So that was the saving grace. Had I done that in concrete, I'd have been just dead. N- not quite dead. Unconscious. You end up like starting to break things. Um, the guy had it, it listed out like above ten feet. You're gonna really start to break shit. Oh, I'm great. I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's but, a chart but I don't I'd have been pretty I'd, <laughs> right? concrete. I'd have been I'd have been pretty fucked up going, landing on concrete like that. But I just just on the trampoline alone, I felt and heard all the connective tissue in the back of my neck and down just that. crackle and pop. But like and I, I did that I, at like 12. I don't do that yeah, now, yeah, Michael. Right? Oh no, I, and I did it at 42 <laughs> as a 200 pound male. So there was a lot of mass coming down on my fucking head, and it's a good thing I started started working out my traps again in the last few months. So I think those those help support wise. So knowing all of the stuff that you're doing now, is there any way that you can plan better knowing, hey, this musculature got its ass kicked. Let me do these types of moves yeah. to dedicate Or maybe just to alter that. your yes, training a there, little to help Well, yeah, there, that. there are ways that I could do that, but now you're looking at the possibility of training way more on any given day than I really want to, you know? So I think, because I'm still pretty durable because I train often. So each day that I was there, like the, the soreness diminished. So I'm quickly adapting to what's happening. But I, I don't want to be that ready for literally everything. I want to just be able to recover quickly and be a little sore and still function and move on. But I will add, it, it did make me feel like I need to do more conditioning. And that's something that a lot of people, they just just simply put under the umbrella of cardio. I hate the, the umbrella of cardio. I like to call it conditioning because you can you can change it up a little more. And I, th- I feel mentally I have more freedom when I call it conditioning. And that is still cardio-based. It is getting your heart rate up. It is changing from one thing to another. It is still keeping it interesting while keeping your heart rate up and trying different modalities and doing some sprints in, in any given week and doing some jumps in any given week and still doing a couple of lifts in any given week. So I'm saying like, you know, A or a couple or a few of, of each one of these things, you sprinkle it in throughout the week. It's not overwhelming. Yeah. But I, I think I probably will dial back. I like the way I lift, but I, instead of doing it every other day, I might try and see how it works out for me just to do those two big lifting sessions on any given week. And the days in between are conditioning days where I practice skills. Like I tell you right now, I'm gaining the backflip skill, I'm not going to lose it. So in those days in Did between. Did you get it back finally? I mean, when you talked about landing on your head. Did you finally land a I, good yeah, one all, after that? The rest or of was those. that like, I'm out now. Done. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I sat there on my knees. I was like, yeah, that's not what I wanted to do. I looked <laughs> over at the, at the guy. I was like, notes. <laughs> He's actually laying flat so, on the ground. He thought he was on his yeah. knees. <laughs> and so yeah. he broke it down for me, and he did it in a very, very easy to digest way. And I had to get back up and him and I were the same mindset there. I think I was just thinking three, I'll knock a few. I was like, you need five, you know, you just had a fail. You need five good ones. And then you can, you know, take a break because you have to get back up. Otherwise the fear will become overwhelming. And so before I got to that point, I'm like, yep, cool. Let's do it. Like what, what were my notes? What happened? And the notes were counterintuitive to anything I've ever heard. You know, when it comes to backflips, you, you jump as high as you can and then you look back and tuck and your body follows your head. No. So you talk to a legitimate gymnast who has done this for a long time. It's you jump up, chest comes up with your core straight, almost like you were in a handstand. 
your head still looks forward, and then you do like you're doing a full-on um, leg lift, like hanging from a bar type thing. The like more you can get those shins situation? up in front of you, huh? Like if I was kind doing of. a toe to bar. You situation? think to get okay. your legs up where your shins are up in front of you, like like this, and they it will just bring you around. Fascinating. And then you get good at at untucking and landing with whatever medium you're at. So I, I he took me from the trampoline to this like four foot real squishy big ass mat and had me try and do backflips over and over on that. And of course I, I couldn't land those, but yeah. I started getting closer and closer to getting all the way around and landing on all fours. But all that jumping on something so squishy. Yeah, you don't that get any didn't momentum. Give me power, yeah. But it forced me to push so hard through that I started to develop the musculature, the reaction, oh, the, the tuck smart. for it. So the second like, I went do back to the trampoline, and will really teach you how to do backflips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said sand too. Yeah. But the second I went back to the trampoline, he's like, "Be careful, you're gonna over rotate." You're gonna, you're gonna flip. And he was right. I, I did like over rotate, land on my butt. I was like, oh, "I'm so powerful!" <laughs> <laughs> so powerful. So then you just sort of dial it in, and within like two or three more backflips from that point. I had it dialed in to land on the trampoline. So then you go to a smaller mat and then you start to land on, on that one. And then you go to the even tinier mat and then you go to the ground. Mm. So we're, I mean, we're both confident that I could land it on the ground at that point, but I'm like, I'm just, I'm gonna pull the ego out of the mix. I'll take the baby steps and we'll just, just kind of keep going. And I, I felt a lot better at that. And what that also did is the, the fear of failing upside down starts to diminish more and more and more. The more reps you get being comfortable going yeah. upside down. Why do I feel like you're going to be in my trampoline every day? I'm I am literally going to be there. in your trampoline every day. <laughs> so I have a question for you about this whole process now that you've laid this out. We chatted about this a little bit before. We chatted about you doing this before we started yeah. recording. But I just thought of... So do... Because you said it was a boot camp. I'm assuming yeah. there was, that means that you weren't the only one doing it? Correct. Correct. Okay. Does everybody else look like you? Are no. they built like you? Nope. That's what I was... So th do you feel like that puts you at an advantage? Yes. Distinct advantage in most of that yeah. stuff? Yeah. I think in, in most scenarios, because... But again, I, I train through full range of motion, and I don't beat the shit out of myself, and I do... I do do some conditioning to, to a certain extent, and I've made it a point to, to make everything very, very functional for me. And I feel like that has kept me very durable even in these scenarios um, because there, at no point did I come back in sore or not. Like, I wasn't lacking in power going into everything. I wasn't lacking in energy. It's like, shit, there's a new movement and, and that soreness. You know, but again, I've been through a lot of those things with sports and then rescue summer school, which was the toughest thing I'd ever done. Like every morning of that, I woke up sore for, uh, you know, quite some time. And those are those things you put to the back of your head and realize, OK, cool. We, we just got to keep going anyways. Well, that sounds like a wild week you've been having, but pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's enlightening. And it was a gut check. And it was one of those things that, you know, there was some pushing through. Um, is there like different levels of this? Like after this boot camp, can you do like a higher level? They don't have an advanced boot camp right. come from there. No, but starts? what they do have is they do have um, more specific workshops. Like they'll have a high like fall workshop. Like if you want to be the fire dude, the fire dude. Yeah, they, they yeah. may have a fire <laughs> workshop at some point, but they have <laughs> they have the high fall workshops. They have the air ram workshops, which is that that ramp on pistons that will fling you. That you oh, again geez. still have to learn how to ride. Um, they'll have creature workshops because there's a lot of TV shows and movies that that have you know zombies or whatever kind of creatures, and they they'll teach kind of that movement. And a oh, lot of times, fun. like parkour moves, will kind of go in with that. They'll hop you off in a mini tramp that jumps up onto a car kind of thing. Yep. 
and with like face paint or changing your movements up to make them more erratic and terrifying and with things like the last of us coming out where you have faster moving zombies uh-huh. and boss level zombies like this is where that that translates and it gets you out of your head about feeling weird about acting in this realm um, mm. and kind of teaches you those movements well, this kind of leads us into what we actually very much so leads us into what we wanted to talk about today. Uh, we've had a bunch of people reach out to us and ask us questions about. So we use a lot of terminology of talk about a lot of muscles. We talk about a lot of different workouts. So today we are going to go a little more in depth in that because we wanted to answer some of these questions about what muscles we're using and how we're using them. So we're going to talk about compound moves, which we say that term all the time. What does that actually mean? And what muscle groups are being used in each of these compound moves that we uh, talk about all the time? What did you call them before? The fundamental what? Foundational compound moves. I, I refer to them as. You refer to them yeah. as the foundational these, compound moves. These are the moves Movements, that, that yeah. don't change um, and there are different variations to each one. Like if somebody has a physical limitation, obviously, you know, they might not be able to do the full lift. Like if you have had fractures of the vertebrae or you have a rod in, installed in your spine or something like that, you might not be going for a full deadlift, you know, but you could still potentially load the spine in a more gentle way in that same kind of hip hinge maneuver so when i use these compound moves um and we talk about like the the deadlift the bench press the the squat the overhead press and i like uh chin-ups and or weighted chin-ups those are my five always kind of things where i will work some variation of that into somebody's program ideally building towards the actual movements and so these are the ones also if i remember correctly that we've talked about before that if you're not going to do anything else, these are the five moves. That oh, you, you could just do these with with varying rep ranges and, and pushing towards getting stronger at each one of them. And you could be jacked as hell and shredded as hell. But you know, it's, it's too boring for a lot of people. It's too consistently the same thing on a regular basis. It's hard for people to wrap their heads around it. So let's go through them. Um, first off, do me a favor and define compound move. Cool. Um, you have... Single joint moves, like let's say you're you're isolating an exercise. People will look at, um, you know, like a bicep curl. The only joint like that's, that's really moving, one. yeah, is going to be your elbow joint at that point. Now, again, you get some movement of the shoulder there depending on how you're doing it and your wrist if you decide to flex it. But we're going to look at that as a, a single joint movement. Mm-hmm. Um, compound movements are multi-joint movements. So if you're doing your bench press per se, you know, your shoulder joints, you know, getting movement, your elbow joints getting movement, um, and you're still getting some wrist flexion there as well. So anything that brings a larger amount of musculature in and is using more than a single joint, that is a compound move. Um, and isolation work, there's, there's been, I mean, I've read multiple things on, you know, compound moves versus isolation moves. Which one's more important? Which one do you really, really need? And, I mean, it's kind of horseshit to really even pit one of them against the other. As far as I'm concerned, the compound moves are going to take the cake no matter what because you can still get good bicep development by doing, you know, chin-ups and, uh, yeah, same. Like, I I do very little bicep exercises, and my arms are not lacking. Now, if you want to hop on stage and you need to literally do some body building and you are yeah, building yeah, yeah, and yeah. physique molding for, to, a, to a certain extent there, 
yeah, you isolation work and getting extra volume and things like that are going to make a difference. But for the average person to just create a great physique, you do not need isolation moves. I feel like it, it's the difference between show, like how much physique do you need to show? Like, because every time I see anybody talk about bicep curls, it's how much growth they want to get the biggest bulging bicep that they need. Yeah. It's not necessarily functionality. It's more about the visual of that. Right, point. yeah. So the which, isolation, which seems we to be all fall victim that, that to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, I, I and on a side note too, I actually was noticing. I, can you guys hear the bubbling of the champagne? <laughs> Mike's going in for a it's second. It's intoxicating. Um, literally. Oh so yeah. I, didn't even think about I have that. noticed the difference of my biceps. I haven't been doing as much isolation stuff. Um, as I said, I've d- went back to maintenance, and I've kind of just been chilling out a little bit. But I've been doing a lot of pull-ups, and I've noticed my biceps getting larger and i was like what the how my biceps keep getting larger and i was like oh it's from the freaking correct curls or from the the chin-ups yep yeah but i was doing the neutral ones which still still the bicep there's there's not a big change in how it affects the bicep no matter which variation you're doing um i mean obviously with with you know your your supinated uh, supinated grip you're going to get a little bit more peak on there but it's a, a percentage change in bicep growth you're going to still hit the bicep fairly similarly yeah i definitely noticed it and i didn't even like like i said i was in the mirror i was like my arms feel like they gotten bigger and i looked and i thought about it and i was like oh i've been doing a lot of pull-ups lately. yeah yeah and i'm just watch you flex your triceps at me too you're not hiding it yeah, got wow. your tank top on. I'm very proud of you. Yeah, Unintentionally you wearing a tank top. This is today. literally the first welcome gang. The first podcast where we're all I wearing tank have tops. More sleeves than I usually do today. Yeah, you, you do. do. You, you do. do. But that's still it's officially tiniest, a tank. It is. Yeah. So I, uh, I did not mean to do it. In fact, when I put it on, I was like, they're going to comment that I'm wearing that I'm not wearing sleeves. <laughs> your farmer's tan is not noticeable. Oh my at gosh, all. I have the worst farmer's <laughs> tan. Barely even bad. noticed. It's so bad. It's when you start bad, gigging yeah. in tank tops, you'll be good to go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for real. That will not happen. Actually, that's going to be your new shtick. You're going to be like the, we'll the shirtless you... troubadour. The shirtless Ooh, I love troubadour. that. <laughs> what if we get you like a tuxedo tank top? Tuxedo like shirt that. tank top. That sounds classy. It does. It sounds, sounds very classy. Classy. Um, no, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out on that. What about rip-off sleeves? But so like when you... Tearaways? So yeah, I look when you're like, finally uh, into it, you can just... Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus is what you're saying? Is that what he does? Is, does he do that? <laughs> If he does, then yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mike, talk to me about a compound move. One of the the three, or I guess four or five. five, I guess we've added a couple in there. I mean, you're, you're the going big off, three you're is the kind big of a three, thing, right. but there's yeah, also yeah. the four, and then now the, the chin-ups is the five, which is I've never included so wait, what that do you mean big in three? my count. Describe <laughs> me, what do you mean? What you, so you're saying that like that's a thing people know. I don't the, know. The big What's three the big are three? your deadlift, your bench <laughs> press, and your those squat. People. <laughs> <laughs> they're called the, the big three, and that's why they're always they're done in competition, powerlifting so, competitions. Oh, so what were they? You said the... Deadlift, be- bench press, and squat. Deadlift and bench press and squat. And those Actually, I th- usually list them squat, bench press, deadlift, because mm-hmm. that's the order you compete in. Do those in the three, meet. the big three, hit all your muscle groups? Or is that yeah, why basically. you added the five? Then why did you add the other two? Then why well, are the, there five? The overhead because you're not press a, kind of added itself. I feel like it's been in the mix. It did. I just think time. it's such a great move, especially with uh, the chin-ups, adding them in there as well, because you don't have a really good full range of motion pull with the big three. The yeah. deadlift is, is arguably the best full-body exercise out there like at all you still get some element of a pull the stabilization the drive through the legs the upper body stability um like everything is getting taxed from one extent to another 
the squat is actually more of a full body exercise than, than a lot of people give it credit for. It's not just a lower body exercise. With it the amount sure of stability is. you're having to bring into the, the up of your back, the hinge on that. Abs. I feel the difference. Core in my and ab- every like, one of them. Yes, absolutely. Big time. I can't. Like even the pull-ups, I've realized. Like when I was, I was like, yes. I, yeah, if I tighten my abs before I do this, I'm better at these. It's easier. That's, that's another reason why I don't often prescribe a lot of abdominal work. You don't need it. You can't pick up twice your body weight in the deadlift and have weak abs. You just can't. So that's wild to me, as somebody who is just still learning all of this junk and has been t- not junk, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> is the stuff that you're being told, like. I have standing over or standing laying over there an ab roller right. because you know there's all these ads of like oh strengthen your core your ab work is the most important do abs 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 and then like that's the muscle you got to do so that you can have these abs and then right. the, and I've realized in doing all of this stuff that like my abs are getting stronger from doing everything else. Yeah. You could literally never touch a single ab exercise and have good abs. I don't do a whole lot of ab exercises because my abs are so dis- most of the workouts that you had prescribed yeah. me through this past year, by the time I got, because you always have the ab stuff at the end of the workout. Yeah. By the time I get to the ab stuff, yeah, I'm fucking. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> or I'll do like one set and be like, no, I'm done. That's yeah. it. It's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> isolated ab work is pretty exhausting like, for it some is. reason. It's just like. And it's always at the end, and you're like, ugh, I just want to be done. But again, that's why I put it at the end. Yeah. You want to do the, the way I build my programs out is the most important thing on the, get, on the day yeah. is what you focus on first. That's what you're putting fresh effort into. That's what you're, you're really trying to, to drive and improve upon. That's when you're still motivated, and you're mm-hmm. like, yes, let's go do it. Then you do yeah. it, and you're like, I'm out on this. This but, is it. But there is, there's a psychological <laughs> component to that, too. So, yeah. like, you're going to ideally come in fairly motivated. You've made it that far. You're starting your workout. So let's make sure that the maximum amount of your motivation goes to the most important part of your workout. And that's going to be a compound move yep. because yeah. that's how I, I prescribe it. All right, yeah. so let's let's do the squat first, I guess. Yeah, cool. All right, so I imagine that everyone kind of sort of knows what a squat is, but maybe we could describe it vaguely. Yeah, break it down from what it, what it is, what it looks like, and then the muscle groups that are used and where those muscle groups are because we so- talk about a muscle. Right, that's the thing that I really want to hit is like, you know, yeah. we're talking about delts or traps or whatever. Where but are like, Where are they and, you know... What is it? What what do you what movement of your yeah. body will engage that muscle? I guess. Yeah, this would definitely be a lot easier thing to do on video. We should probably definitely post some I mean, stuff you about can that. Definitely but make some videos for people. I'm sure they would appreciate it. In fact, we've had people reach out and ask for a specific move stuff. So maybe we'll get on that yeah, and do cool. some video stuff. Yeah, they made a great idea. Yeah. Um, but basically, your your squat is best visualized as loading a weight across the back via barbell. Usually, although there are dumbbell alternatives. Yep. Um. And then essentially sitting down as far as you can go is the simplest way to look at it. Now, you run into the nuance of, of po- proper anthropometrics, anthropometrics. Why am I spacing on that now? But basically the way you're... you're I have no, I can't know, help Michael. you at all. Like, no, <laughs> lost it. Arthrokinematics. Anyways, it's, it's basically... Exactly. Duh. That's what I how said. How your bones Duh. and stuff come together and do what they need to do. Um, so you can basically, that's, it's how when I run you through form and such and say your knees were tracking in, yeah, well, yeah, I need yeah. your knees to track out because that's where the body is meant to have them go um, so that you are more stable and, and you are getting healthy joint ranges of motion and loading the joints appropriately so you don't end up hurting yourself. And by tracking out, I'm 
trying to be as descriptive as possible in an audio format. It'll, it'll be easier to think can. about it as in where, wherever... You're making a V, kind of. Wherever your feet are pointing, there you your go. knees yeah. are going. You want your knees to track over your toes. And so like, in line with your toes. Yeah. And I do like, like a about shape. a 30 degree tilt out right, for your feet. Your feet are tilted outward. Uh, and yeah, that's just a degrees. starting point. Like now you feel that out. Because some people, based off of their hip sockets and, and how their, uh, their bones are... Some people can do a more toes forward squat and and squat down for full full range of motion. Why am I having so much? Oh, it's, I've been, I've been up for seventeen hours bro. and driving in champagne. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm jumping all over my words. Um, and then some people will, with their toes forward while trying to squat down, their hips will get locked up, and then their back has to start rounding out. And you will find quickly that if you just widen up the knees yeah. and the stance. Oh shit! Now you can go full range of motion, yep. and that's because everybody's hips are a little bit different, and and the joint can get locked up. I have a question. I, I, I assumed you saw my face. Um, so what I noticed though, when I did start doing the wider, because obviously I'm the newbie in all this, and I was not doing it right for a while until you were like, "Hey, don't do that." Yeah. Um, so, so I, like I to adjusted. Approach people. I had a lot of like. When I went to the the V squat with my knees tracking out, like I feel like my groin was like way not strong. No, oh, you have and a weak I, groin for sure. And <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing way too hard at this. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I think all of my emotions are exaggerated right now. I don't know what's no, out. but like I felt it. So I have been Do doing the thing. Do you feel like when you were right, forcing I, your le- your knees out, you really felt it in like the groin? Yeah, like you yeah, felt I a tight pull in the groin or an actual I was, weakness. And I was so when I got sore, that's where I got the most sore. Mm. Was yeah. In the so groin so again, I use stretch point as the biofeedback to halt range of motion. So your legs may have had and hips and everything may have more range of motion. But when you get that stretch in your groin, because there's a lot of musculature up in your groin on a squat, and that can be utilized for bounce back um, if you don't pause down at the bottom to bring you back up out of your squat. However, if it's not conditioned at that point, when you get to a stretch, you want to get to the stretch point and then come back up. Because if you go, that is your full range of motion for right now. And if you don't push too hard into it, you won't get as sore um, and you won't be, you know, tearing up that connective tissue as much right off the bat. Stretch points should be the limiting factor for every single lift that you do. Everybody gets so caught up on this quote-unquote perfect form, and you can work up to that. And, and your perfect form might be a little bit different than somebody else's perfect form. Describe for me, I, I know because it's an audio format, and I feel like I'm going to be so overly picky on That's okay. this sentence. but. Stretch point. What do you really mean by stretch point? Absolutely. So let's say, I'm trying to think which exercise to use on because squat's an easy one. Uh, Well, like if you think about like, this may not be a good thing, but like, is it, is it adductors where you're pushing out? Abductors? uh, Adductors? I I don't know. If you're ever sitting on a machine, right? And you're pushing, it's pushing your knees together and you have to push them apart. Yeah. Right. Go sit on one of those. Do a few reps of that. Your groin is going to be sore. I guarantee you. So that's why your groin was sore, is that you basically having to force your legs out and use these muscles yeah. to force and your And then you were out. sitting down into it to the point where you're going past a comfortable stretch in the muscle. But let's say you have uh, real tight hamstrings or a tight lower back. And so your squat, as you're going down, starts to get tight and tight and tight. But you're like, 
well, I'm not even at 90 degrees yet. I have to get down to 90 degrees. And so the way for you to get down to 90 degrees now would be probably be your, your chest is going to go down further and hinge further. Your lower back is going to round out. So you're forcing yourself down past your stretch point just to achieve what you have been taught or right. read and or think is your perfect And now that's putting a load form. on joints and things that Correct. it shouldn't probably Whereas be. Whereas if you, your full range of motion, if your stretch point where the point where you feel stretch in your muscles and that should be a limiting factor is just a quarter squat, then that's your full range of motion now. And so, yes, because if you are always chasing that stretch point, you'll find that by consistently hitting it one to two times a week, that stretch point will naturally migrate lower and lower and lower and lower. And over the course of, of, you know, months to to the year out there now, your range of motion now is deeper than your range of motion was when you started. And that's because of chasing that, that stretch point. So I also noticed for me personally, when doing squats, a great example of it, that when throughout the given week where you would have a, a, a strength version where I was doing heavier weight, uh, I my my range of motion was less right than when and I focused kind of on range of motion and stretching a little bit more when it was more volume and lighter yeah. weight. I felt like I could really focus and get more stretch out of it with the lighter weight. Where maybe I just wasn't comfortable. It's enough. a confidence thing. Yeah, yeah. Because with the heavier weight, I was like. I don't know if I'll get back like, up. I'm not going to come back right. up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's that's the time to set, because you need to get past that that fear point. So that's the time to set your safety bars up higher and then maybe take it all the way down and see where the stretch point is and realize you can just set it down now. Just set the bar down right there on your safety bars without any danger to yourself or, or discomfort. But you can also be get down there and be like, oh, no, I can get back up. But having the safety set and having you know these these protocols set to keep you to the point where you can be confident that you're not going to get stuck under here, you're not going to fail here. It's more of an experiment, more of a, another data point for you because you're yeah, very yeah, data driven. Yeah, I mean, there's person. some things that are riskier, right? Like, let's say I was doing <clears throat> chest flies, so I'm laying on my back, my arms are out in a cross position. I don't want to overload that because if I can't get it out of that stretch at the bottom, I could hurt myself. The dropout yeah. is just real right? shitty from you there. Know? Yeah. Granted, you would just let the let the dumbbell go, right? And you should be okay. But like that's the kind of you well, know level I mean, even of stretch. That, I think but about even rolling then, that yeah. dumbbell down your hand while you're already out there. Yeah, it could be bad. So yeah. like you know, there. I don't really know if there's a great way to like set your. So there are some movements where yeah, you need to be a little bit careful, right? You need to be comfortable with the weight that you're using at your max stretch point, and increase slowly. You know, I think a lot of times, and I've seen a lot of Instagram videos where dudes like are tearing muscles and stuff, and it's like they're just ego lifting, and it's not always the best idea. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's even a tough one too. Is I, I just saw the video of uh, the mountain who just tore his I pec. I saw that. And that that guy has an amazing. He's got the Australian strength coach guy. Like he's got solid what a team behind him. Specimen of a human. That he guy. has obviously been building strength and muscle for a long, long time. Was he time. competing when he did it? I think he was competing. Yeah, but he still tore his pec. Who's that guy in the mountain? <clears throat> Do you ever know watch Game of Thrones? Born, no, born, you shouldn't, born, what's his name? Thorn Borgensteinenberger. Thor, yeah. <laughs> Thor, no, his name's Thor. Thor and his half, last name. Thor half Thorson. Thor. Half Thor. Half Thor. The mountain of character he played? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, he's okay. but he's like he's, a, he's one of the strongest men in the world, if not the. I they compete against Eddie Hall. You know who Eddie Hall is. They competed yeah, a lot yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they, probably they saw him in that documentary stuff together too. Um, yeah. I probably didn't. I, I might actually know him if I heard. That's his what I'm real saying. Yeah. I'm sure you would. It's Thor half Thor and half Thor. Half Thor. Oh yeah. Oh that guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nailed it. Feel terrible. Yeah. So it's it's there are there is a lot of ego lifting that that drives people to to get to the muscle tear portion. There are also a lot of people who will juice and gain that that muscle size like too without quickly enough connective and start tissue pushing the strength something? correct because <gasps> connective tissue takes of that. <laughs> yeah all right connective <laughs> tissue takes 10 10ish times longer to you develop know build up and develop and, wow. and catch up and recover than than muscle tissue I didn't know that Michael. so there's a lot of patience that gets pulled into the mix and, and should get pulled into the mix you gonna tell me his name? <coughs> no, but he's gigantic. Half Thor Borg. Oh, yeah. He's like Borg seven Borg feet tall or Help something. Help me out. Let me see the Probably name, man. Close to four hundred pounds. Thor Julius Bjornsson. Bjornsson. Yeah, that's Bjornsson. what I said. I was really trying to get Bjornsson. Thor out. Half Thor Bjornsson. Half Thor. I don't know the middle one. Half Thor Bjornsson. I think is what people. He's usually half call. the Thor Bjornsson. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a beautiful specimen of a human. He's gigantic. Stacked beautifully. He's a strong man that like never really looks super fat because he's also just giantly tall. Very huge. Yeah, you like him. Are you man crushing over there? It's okay. No, I'm looking at the su- his arms are bigger than my legs. Oh, easy. Well, his arms are yeah. massive. <laughs> well, like, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> I think you are his one leg. I'm pretty sure they're bigger than my legs too, me. guy. Yeah. His one of his legs. That's yeah. a giant fucking man. But Yo, but look even at he the he, he has over his head. <clears throat> yeah, he's nuts. So oh, that's no, like that's a fake pack. Okay, so that I'm was the out. squat. Tell me what muscles I'm using in the squat. Well, that's going to depend. Um, again, most people tend to look at it as a leg exercise, and most people incorrectly look at it as just a quad exercise. Um, that would be once, wrong. Yeah, it would be wrong. Mm-hmm. Once your hips break the 90, you start to engage hamstrings into the mix as well. And glutes, full, oh, range, of, full range of motion squats have a, a better glute development than just the uh, right angle squats and better than I think the uh, uh, glute bridges was the last study I'd, I'd seen. Yeah, getting out of the hole, <clears throat> you know. There is no better exercise for glute development than full ass to grass range of motion squats. Hmm. That's why my ass is so glorious. It's, it's a good ass. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I wouldn't know. Um, Liar. He knows. You can't miss it. <laughs> you can't miss. He's always wearing tight pants. You can't miss it. It's on Never. display. All times. Um, so I, I, obviously we, we talk about all the fitness stuff and I have all this stuff that pops up and something came up the other day that made me realize again, because I, I learned this when I took human anatomy and stuff, but that all muscles, to work them, they only contract. So like, Every muscle group and every muscle that you're using only works one way. They only tighten. So they only contract. So they essentially only pull. You have no push muscles. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I I know what you're going for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. And so, like, every movement that you make in any way, so the descent of it, you're using that muscle in the descent, you're using Mm -hmm. the opposite muscle. In this, like there, it's not like when you do like even curls. Yeah. When you're going down on, uh, or when, uh, when you're going, uh, which way was it? anyway? But uh, I can't think. My brain's 
you're, stupid champagne. You're, you're slightly your off on that. Even in the lowering phase, you're still using, you're still the, using the same muscle group, yeah. but it's contracted at length and it's contracting at, at its shortened length. However, what really starts to blow people's minds when you realize how complex the body is is when you only focus on pushing exercises. Because if you now know that you don't have a push muscle, how the fuck does your body push? And it's because of the complex routing of musculature that's now pulling. It is. I see. Thank you. I know your body. It's fine. I appreciate that. Thank you. I know your body. It's all right. (laughs) Jesus. So that complex wrapping and, and intertwining of, of musculature so that it pulls down the opposite side, which it yeah, 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 creates yeah. A, a push, is just absolutely fascinating. Yes. And the fact that connective tissue is so strong that even in a push exercise, you can be that strong with having to com- complexly wrap shit. Where it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, fascinating. That is Bodies are fascinating. All right, Michael, mechanism. where are the glutes located? Those are your hiney. You're hiney. Yeah. Now, here's the thing with glutes and glute development, because everybody is chasing a glorious hiney these days. It's true. Uh, everybody is strong linearly when it comes to your legs, your quads, your, your hamstrings, your glutes. And this is, is uh, the way I had it explained to me a while back from a, a physical therapist who you know, seemed like he knew his shit, was uh, that it's like a survival thing. Like we're strong forward and back because that's where our main survival you know, mode is, running from something or away from something. Um, where a lot of people are weak and where back pain starts to creep in and where you're not having a full rounded out glute scenario is we're missing the fact that your glute musculature is responsible for externally rotating your legs and your hips. So that's a way that you need to train your glutes to to have a healthy, well-rounded, lower back, strong glutes, um, healthy hamstring scenario. Um, And then even... Well, yeah, yeah, that. So that's going to come down to... <laughs> Do so you that, feel like the three compound lifts address that particular scenario? Because not really. They, they don't well unless you have the cues to, to utilize that. Now, I've heard, and this has helped me too, when squatting, mm-hmm. you think about, one, you've got uh, Ed, Ed Cohen does the, uh, what is he called, the break the taint? is his cue. <laughs> God, I so hate that. You literally, I know, right? It, it, it still doesn't quite make sense to me either. But you, you bend at the hips first, and then you start your squat. And so I've, I've utilized that, and that's very helpful. But there's a, another great coach out there who talks about pretending like you're standing on a piece of paper, and you want to tear, tear that paper apart. in half. I've also heard and that. And so that external stress mm-hmm. now is going to start to put a little bit of stress on those glutes. And when you sit down into your squat with that in mind, you're heavily relying on that to now lift the weight that you're lifting. So it's sharing some of the load at that point. Um, it, but just another way to, to, to work that is with the leg abductor, adductor machine, um, or bands around the knees. But then you got to be careful too, because you have you had all those influencers on social media adding bands to fucking everything, everything and yeah. even to a lot of different exercises. When you're literally just wasting the effort at that point by just throwing the bands on everything, you're, you're changing the the move and the lift. But everybody wants to make money selling their thing or get their followers. I, I get that, um, but it's it's an important addition to any well-rounded program is to get those external rotating glute muscles. I think that's a good note as someone who has like hip pain and has struggled with things like that, you know, good note. Um, Okay. Mm. So where are the hamstrings located? Those are on the back of your leg. Now I've I've read numbers before. The upper back of your leg. The back of your thigh. Yeah. Back of your thigh. Yeah. There's two backs of your legs, the lower part. We also got No, there's no lower part. Those are your calves and shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes, the back of your thigh, all that, that musculature back there are going to be your hamstrings. And they can be trained in, in one of two ways. They can be trained via that hip hinge without the knee flexion. And they can be trained by the bend of the knees, in which case you're, you're pulling and shortening the muscle at that point as well. And so you're, you're dealing with a couple of different ways that the muscle is stressed as, as well. So there's been a lot of research lately coming out with uh, uh, stretch-induced hypertrophy, um, which, put simpler, is stretch-induced muscle growth. Is, Fascinating. Is, a is that a thing? Way to see that. Yeah. Huh. So when you train the muscle at length, um, you get more of a response. Uh, like it? Like a deadlift or an RDL or something like that? Is that what they're talking RDL about? RDL would okay. be that range. Um, huh? A Romanian deadlift oh. <laughs> is an RDL. That is like it's, it's like, like a, a straight leg, leg deadlift. A yeah. stiff leg deadlift. It's really making oh, it's I making your hammies I do some those. things. Yeah, that's that's yeah. an, an example, but it's also just going through a full range of motion. Mm-hmm. But then there's also now and, and see this is again where you get you digging too much into the the minutia of things because now. You know, you'll see another study that's going to come out, and it's going to show that you get a little more muscle growth if you put more effort in just the stretch part, like that half of the exercise. But then they, they'll reveal at the end of the study that, oh, this was just done on calves, and it may not be as effective right. elsewhere. And, oh, this study was just done on quads, but it may not be effective elsewhere. So you see a million different studies come out about what's, this is the best, this is the best, this is the best. But and again, you're talking in such minor... Yeah. We've talked yeah. about this before. We're talking about the percentage game. Like, you can get 95% of your phenomenal physique done, in, but if you pay attention to all these... You can't see, I'm waving my hands all around the air. If you, you, pay, <laughs> <laughs> you pay attention to all these little things that, that you can somehow put together in a cohesive plan... And that's going to give you that extra 5%. But right. you already had your six-pack and your V-shape and your good glutes. Like, what are we doing now? Right. So it's interesting science. And it's great to kind of read the data points and, and you know, absorb it and be like, all right, that's kind of a cool point. And maybe I can integrate something like that into my program later. But if you have a well-rounded program where you are making sure to maximize your, your joint movement and joint range of motion and you're hitting the musculature through full range of motion, you're getting the stretch response, um, you're not overthinking it, and as long as you are changing the variables to focus on what's our, what's our number one goal? Progressive overload. My girl. <laughs> I fucked that up last time. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I remembered it. She's been studying in the mirror at home. Progressive overload. overload. When he asks me, <laughs> I will be ready that this time. That was instant, too. I love Thank that. You. I Thank love you. that. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> so that's, that is the number one goal. And if you're focusing on that in a well-rounded program, you're doing enough. And I don't think enough people focus on the lifestyle adjustment ahead of what's the best route. Ever. I feel like that's what happens to a lot of people even just starting. Like, we're trying to communicate to people who are just starting or, like me, who still don't know shit. <laughs> and I'm still trying are, to communicate to people who've been going for a while and, yeah. and are but still... But I think that's what you get. People who've been going for a while, they start to get lost in these extra little things. Yes. Well, this is yeah. better than... Oh, oh. And that becomes so overwhelming yeah. that you lose the focus of, like, oh, wait. I, I mean, this is... If I'm trying to step on stage, these extra 5% matter. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, these are made-up percentages <laughs> that we're talking about, 5% versus... That's right. Five, I made it up first. Five. Yeah. Just, but... Piggyback but, on that. But the idea is still relevant that, like, the majority of what you need, you don't need all this little extra minutia stuff that matters to some people. To some people. For and the not even all of, of people, it. For and people. for those of you listening who are just trying to 
as we say all the time, look better naked. You're just trying to get yourself in a better place and health. Don't get lost in these people who are like, well, actually, this workout is better. If you do a workout, you're... Yeah. Head yeah. And shoulders Not above. to say that, look, if you hate squatting and deadlifting and bench pressing, fine. Get in the gym and do whatever the fuck you like because you're doing something. And, like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think it's good to emphasize that something's better than nothing. And there's a million stupid exercises out there. And if you really, really, really hate one, don't do it. There's something else that you can do that you'll like more to target the same muscles. Shoot for I think. different variation. Yeah. Yes. I think that's, that's an important thing to. Yeah. And there's a million variations of things. You'd be there surprised. Are. You know, you don't have to do a low bar back squat. You can do a high bar back squat. You can do a front squat. You can do a goblet squat. You can do dumbbell. Yeah. Goblet you, squat. You, I've been doing high, <laughs> I had low bars in my thing and didn't realize that I wasn't doing low bars. I've been doing high bar back squats and actually now like them more because that's what I been doing yeah. i can't get my shoulder to move yeah, back. yeah, no, yeah. But we knew that about that, you that's why i didn't yeah. focus too heavily on that i but think I that's fine you're doing I a squat doing low back bars uh, oh until we're okay because i realized you weren't i well i didn't realize <laughs> until they were like oh that's because you don't have a far enough back and i was like wait what i actually like so not to a tangent again on this but i actually when i find like i can get my arm back there it's just painful so i did the low bar one and i actually like where it sits yeah. better yeah that's except why i just do can't it. do it yeah I, and i'm not and i was doing that with like lightweight because i was too worried and you about tried a really really wide grip i tried a couple times it just hurts like i can get a set in yeah. but that i'm done and, my, and that's and my that's another issue aches. but again that's that's just an, a different version of stretch point and like, I let you it don't go me. past stretch point. And I didn't do squats for a while because I let it bother yeah. me. And I was like, well, I can't do... I really want to yeah, do that. Yeah, let that blah, stuff blah. go, too, you and know? And so I was like, screw it. I've been doing it for months. I mean, look, what, if, higher up on my if trap, your so. shoulder movement is not good, PT your shoulder. PT your shoulder and do whatever and that, squats you can what do I'm in the saying. meantime. That's There's something you else know? there that needs to be fixed, but not fixed just purely for the reason of, all right, now you can do that squat. Yeah, And I also... Uh, got that bar from you, Chrissy, the yeah, safety yeah, yeah. bar, which yeah. I was able to, I was like, cool, I feel better with this one. So I can do, I, I've been doing that and high bars or high shoulder uh, squats too. I've been doing both depending on what I wanted to do. And I'm like, cool, I'm doing squats again. And just the other day, actually the weights yesterday, my dumbbells are sitting out. I did the like kettlebell ish squats and did it the with those weight, the goblet squats. I just can't remember what the hell I know. I don't even know where they get half the names for this bullshit. So I always struggle with stuff like the Romanian deadlift and um, the uh, Bulgarian split squats and stuff because I'm like, what was the name? It's the Bulgarian deadlift. Romanian split squats. Yeah, I think it's like I'm always like the Russian. No, (laughs) like what the hell was it? There's nothing in there. So, but the whole uh, (laughs) Mike knocked his glass over. It was empty. Um, So, but the whole reason that I was saying it is because, like. Yeah, just go do something. The reason that we're going over these five main things is because these are most the simplest people, things, and, and most yeah. people don't like to be in the gym forever. So right. if you just want a couple things that are going to work, a majority of what you need. Yep. Here's the here's what what you're looking. This is for, the recipe, and yeah. here's the muscles it's going to hit, and yeah. let's just give you a, a so good. So I overview. have a slight issue with just do something, and that's that's good. All right, what's I have your a, issue? a slight issue. I I think it's a a good mindset if it's taken in the spirit that it's meant. But when we say that, we're still saying do something, but progressively overload right, as well. Right, that's true. Yeah, yeah do yeah, something yeah, and yeah, also yeah. try to do something that, like, you know, targets all of your muscles in a progressive way. Yeah, because, Absolutely. Because don't think, just go do cardio all day. Right, because think, yeah, the, yeah, think yeah, of the person that goes meant. out yeah. and just does something and then doesn't achieve anything that they're looking to get for. And that's 
psychologically traumatic at that mm-hmm. point, and now yeah. they feel like they're in a rut and that they're stuck. So yeah, there has to be progression. There has to be some format to it, but it needs to be a format that fits your lifestyle. It doesn't have to be that, that my trigger words these days are are best thing or or you know this is the only way or quick abs or if if you're being targeted by a single exercise that's going to quote unquote tone your muscle or a, a an ab exercise that's going to get Wait, you there's shredded a way to quick abs how come you didn't give me that there is a way to quick abs you're on it it's by going slow as fuck over the course of a <laughs> it's year as quick as it's gonna get <laughs> Wait a minute. it's not Wait, very what? quick that's, that's, <laughs> until people realize that fast for the body is is done in that's months true. and yeah. years. You're going to be out of your mind still buying the next biggest you know? thing. Like, it's depending on what we're comparing it to. It does suck, and it's probably going to take years, but it doesn't take 20 years. So. No. <laughs> and, and even though, it, I mean, because you should be, you're going to get the best returns after you've been consistently training for three to five plus years. However, within that first one to two years, you're going to make amazing fucking changes. But the real magic starts happening after you have been training for years in, in weightlifting because that's when you're durable as fuck. Yeah. That's when you are just in this really good, good position where you've put on, you know, good quality muscle that is not going to go away very quickly, you know, and you've just created a really, really good environment in your body by that point. And, and the whole point is, like, you're, you're supposed to, to do this forever. Like, you don't want to stop moving. The second you stop moving is when you see the previous generations of, of old people. And that's not everyone they, they have been, that have been healthy and mobile all their lives. But a lot of them are just, you know, they get real skinny and they waste away and they lose their ability to move. And that's not going to be a lot of the fitter people in this generation, the people have hopped on and have learned about their health and their fitness and they, and they train, you will not age the same. Yeah. That's because a, your, that's your bones stay dense. Your connective tissue has been built up over years. Your, your strength and your muscle has been built up over years. And you're able to, to adapt and move and be healthy much, much, much longer. Yeah. That's everyone out there. Stay young. Work out. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, we made it through squats, so I'm going to try to move you along here um, <laughs> to deadlifts. Deadlifts. Let's talk about deadlifts. Deadlifts is, is more of a hip hinge move, so it's a little less, it feels less lower body dominant unless you're doing a version of hip like Hip hinging a, is like, imagine you're bending over and touching correct. your toes. That's your hip movement yeah, hinging. That, okay. that bending at the waist is your, your hip hinge yep. pattern, movement pattern. Um, but deadlifts, stability-wise, at a minimum... Uh, really works all the musculature up your posterior chain. And when I say your posterior chain, I'm talking about the, the kinetic chain that, that connects all the musculature from the ground up yep. from the muscles you're using. So you're having to grip the ground with your, your feet and your toes. Your calves are applying stability. Your hamstrings are locking in and, and allowing your, your glutes to attach to the back to, to stabilize and really pull the weight off the ground. And this is an amazing full body exercise from this, the squeezing of your lats to your entire upper back to all the way down the back of your body to the core that is to stabilize. It's my favorite of all of these. It's, it's mine too. It's yeah, mine too. Because you, you cannot lift that weight and a lot of it without every part of your body applying some effort and stability. Because if you have a relaxed muscle along that whole kinetic chain, there's not an efficient transfer of power. 
So by literally gripping the ground and that starting like with your toes, like you create this stable, strong foundation for the transfer of power. So when you pull that bar and it pushes you down into the ground, there's no, there's no slack, there's no looseness of musculature for you to pick up that, that bar. You're working everything. And I don't know what it is about it for me, but like I said, it's, it's my because favorite. It's the most weight you're going to lift. You, you feel strong. Yo, I was going to say, there is just something about it too. Like, I don't know, when I'm doing a pull-up, or like I, I don't mind pull-ups. I actually kind of enjoy them now because I do them all Good. the time. Yeah. So like I, I, I can jump up, do a set, like cool, knock it out, do this, do that. Um, even bench, like, I feel like most guys just really like the bench and like, mm-hmm. how much do you bench, man? Like that's, I don't like, I, and I don't it, mind the bench, but I'm not like, that's oh, come, what's... that's come from like a, a good chest and ab scenario. That's just what everybody's shooting for. So yeah, bench press is your, your exercise. I know a lot of guys that, that, that talk about like, how much do you bench? And like that, I'm like, cool. Like I'll do the bench. Like I don't mind it, but yeah. I'm not like, oh, but for some reason when I do a deadlift, and that is the most macho man that I feel in the deadlift. I don't yeah. know what it is. I do it, and I'm just like, whew, like I'm just pumped and ready to go. <laughs> yeah. I get that weight up, and it I'm makes just you like, feel like, ah, it feels like a lot. Primal, like, almost. Yeah, it's, it's, like a primal saying, it's a real thing. visceral, primal yeah. kind of move. Yeah. 100%. Like yeah. And so I really, I truly enjoy that, that deadlift. And like, I don't know, man. Like, even just if I use a lighter deadlift, like, and I just can, like, knock out a bunch of reps even yeah. i just like there's just something about the deadlift yeah. I, I enjoy it um i know that's your favorite mike it is so what muscles are we using all of them i guess yeah yeah literally all of them all of them now, they're again, located everywhere yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now again like you're you're obviously getting less of a push but you'd be surprised at, at how tense like if you watch yourself in in a mirror mm-hmm. like you're you're are stressing down the front your abs are tight your chest and and lats and back and while you've squeezed in to create this really really tight posture um you know you're mostly going to be focusing on your entire posterior chain and then your core but everything still gets taxed and yeah. it's, it's a percentage game you know which muscles get the most percentage in the deadlift mm-hmm. because it, it diminishing returns on the the front and push muscles at so that on the core i would say on the core which one of so we said you don't have to necessarily do ab workouts but of these two that so far because we've deadlifts has uses mo- more core. I I would say. I don't know, lift. man. That's a hard. It's a, it's a hard question. How heavy yeah, are you squatting? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I think deadlift because you're usually pulling more in the deadlift, and it just requires a lot of thoracic stability. But your squat does too. So again, we're talking uh, about yeah. probably a minor difference, in depending on how much effort you're putting. It really does come down to the effort. Yeah. So your your rate of perceived exertion seems to be a, a rating scale for um a lot of people, but. If you're literally taking that deep ass breath, yeah, a number RPE eight, right? Generally out of ten, that means that your rate of perceived perceived exertion exertion is high. 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 This was was hard. Heavy lift. So you see someone like grind out a squat, they just look like they're almost not going to get it, and they get it. You know, they might say, "Oh, that was RPE ten. That's like a gym a gym term." They're trying to tell you that was full effort. Hmm. Yeah. All right. I've never yeah. heard that. Term. I'm just yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh question on the deadlift. Uh I've I've seen different videos on this and I was curious about it myself because the first deadlift that you put me on was the the wide, which was a sumo. Specific, sumo, that's yeah. what they call it. That's I right. tend to give most brand new people 
uh, sumo squat right off the bat because it tends to elevate the back a little bit angle wise. Which one's better and or worse? No. And I kind well, I was I'm kind of setting <laughs> I'm setting you up on right, kind of my purpose enough. off of what I <laughs> no yeah no. off of what I've <laughs> we'll learned from it. That. That I kind of thought that or not. I've kind of learned that too. <laughs> but like, which one's better and why do a, a sumo? Which basically sumo means you're just a wider stance, like kind of almost Much as wide wider, as you can yeah. get. Yeah. Um, within the the range of motion is a lot shorter. You're pulling correct less. You know, like to stand from with your legs wide, grabbing the bar to stand up is a far less of a. So range. So do you think it's easier? Um, it depends on who you are and how you're built and stuff. It does. I've, I, I've, say, like I've seen and, and again just this but this powerlifting competition for I went to. Yeah, but it goes both. This ways. powerlifting competition I went to recently, you had people that are doing conventional, and you had people that are doing uh, sumo. So sumo is that wide stance. Conventional is when your feet are inside where your arms are grabbing on the bar. Um, I like conventional much much better. It's just a personal preference. It's a longer range of motion. I enjoy it more. I tend to prescribe sumo for the newbies because again, it is a shorter pull. It's a little bit more of an upright back when you're setting into the posture. Um, but it also needs to be where somebody has uh, a, a little bit of flexibility leg-wise because if you get that stance and you can't keep your shins vertical, as in the knees are bending in forwards, so you have an angle, you're not quite in the right position as well. So you, you have to set the, uh, the stance for the person. But if they're, just, if they're fairly overweight and their stomach's going to be in the way if they try and bend over for you know, conventional, which is a lot farther over, and they can't get their back into the right proper position, Sumo is going to be a little bit better. And the same thing for even squats. If somebody has a bigger belly and you try and have a narrow stance, stance, that stomach is going to contact the thighs before you've really gotten into the lift. So you need a wider stance at that point. It Hmm. really is based off of uh, the specific body type. So I had done some of my own research. This is a while ago. When when you first prescribed that, I was like, why am I doing this over this? And... The, the video that I saw and that they were talking about it is saying one is easier than the other. No. And it's what well, I'm saying. I think yeah. it depends on the person. They, well, they, actually, they say- actually did a study on this, but go ahead. Well, I was saying, yeah. what, what I was saying, well, what they found out is that was the question was which one's easier than the other. And his response was neither because in competition, when yep. you go in the competition, it's pretty evenly split yep. between who yep. does a sumo and who does a regular, which means if one was significantly easier, Correct. you everybody <laughs> would be doing that one, as in the bench press, that now everybody does it with an arched back because that because with an arched back, you can actually lift more weight that way. So everyone uses an arched back. Well, it kind changes of. the you range can, of motion, too. That, and that's why you can back. lift more. You can lift more weight because it's a shorter range of motion. But, but still, it's... Same Con- I Same mean, but, yeah. so, but so it's I think better, so everyone does it, as opposed to it's a split, yeah. almost 50-50. Yeah. I think for some people's anatomy, one is generally easier than the other. They prefer it for one reason or another, you yes. know? Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's easy to say, well, I just prefer it, but <laughs> it, it could very well be anatomy and anthropometry. That's yeah. the word. Anthropometry. How your bones are set up, the, the length of your bones and things like that. <laughs> Your arthrokinematics, I think, are how your your bones and muscles act together. Your anthropometry is the way your your bones are. Um, Yeah, like the relation, like the you know you might have a long femur and a short torso or whatever. And so, so your sumo is oftentimes um, the way I've I've read it is if you're more if you're a little stronger leg wise, you're a little more leg dominant. That puts a little more stress on the legs and a little less on the back. 
And if you have a stronger back than you do legs in that moment or, or in that hinge pattern, then you know you take the legs a little more out of the equation, put a little more back into the, the conventional. I, I book my conventional deadlift on my back days because I, I like to have it on my back days. And I consider it more of a back exercise, even though it is a full body exercise. Like that's when I prefer to do it is, is then, then pulling the rest of my back in for that. I mean, not for nothing, though, the uh, world record on deadlift is Eddie Hall, and he does conventional. I'm just throwing yeah. that out there. Yeah. I think he he rolls it into it, too, doesn't he? He, like, yeah. bounces and stuff and, like, does it, and then boom, and, like, pops up. I'm like, how? The... <laughs> I saw somebody else say, don't do it like Eddie, because he his technique is obviously flawless because he's been doing it forever, and he's like, but if you try to bounce and do it, like, the way that Eddie, like, you're not going to get the same result. That's what I started. That's an absurd that. statement because Eddie had to start somewhere too. Like you can mimic that from the ground up and do the exact same fucking uh, thing. I'm like I said, I heard that from some. I, I want to. People are stupid. Right they want to have an opinion on everything. Um. <laughs> so my opinion is says his opinion. <laughs> <laughs> my opinion is their opinion is wrong. Follow my opinion. I just I to me I I dissect statements all damn day for someone to be like, don't do it like Eddie does because his form's flawless. Well. Okay, why can't I practice really hard and get flawless form and do it like Eddie? No, they're saying the <coughs> don't dude, try to bounce the, the, bounce. the bar. Yeah, yeah, just why well, I mean, Eddie can bounce it. Why can't I bounce it? Why can't I not learn how to bounce it, do it appropriately, and work up to that? I think um, they mean as someone who's learning to yes, deadlift. Don't, that's exactly don't what they start say. out bouncing the bar. Trying to do, yeah, that was whatever. the whole idea. Is learn the form first. And what like is he the, has what is the bounce you're talking about? Is, is bouncing the slack out of the bar? I have no idea what we're talking about. Because the second the, the weight comes off the ground, like you ruled I out of your lift. I think, does he roll it to himself? He Maybe rolls, I believe, or, Thor, or Thor rolls it. I, I think Eddie Hall does too. I don't know. And bro. that's that's a, another method of deadlifting. That that roll gives a little bit of momentum into the lift, and yeah. then you lift. Yeah. I've tried that. I didn't like it for myself. Um, I mean, that's because you're not lifting enough weight. I'm going to make you talk about the bench press. Ready, set, bench press. Bench press, go. Bench press. Um, Yeah, people bench press for big pecs for the most part. For the chesticles? Yeah, for them them chesticles. Yeah. Now, you also have your your delts, which we had briefly talked about a while back. Where are those located? Those are your shoulders. Those are those shoulder caps. Um, But you have three... well, three focal points that, that people tend to get into. So you've got your, your front delts, your back delts, um, and then your medial delts. And so there's different ways to stress those. So you're obviously, if you're bench pressing, you're, you're going to be hitting your uh, anterior delts, your front delts more than, well, that's really it. You're going to be hitting your front delts. <laughs> so, but the, the main muscle group that really gets hit with bench press is going to be your pecs, which is what a lot of people are looking for when they're looking to grow their chest at that point. Bench press is just kind of that penultimate go-to to build overall chest. So is does it matter the angle? Because there's all I've seen like oh, and yeah. triceps. decline triceps are and big one for that. flat and ang- and like incline. Yeah, and like you could do dips and in a certain way and it hits the lower chest or the middle chest or does, the upper chest. Does no. that matter? Yeah. And how much does that matter? It's a percentage play. It's so more you're, percentages you're, than you're overall. You're going to get a lot of your chest just doing flat. But then again, that's why I mix in overhead press. This is one of those. You're not going to do overhead press and not hit your upper chest. Right. So that's working your upper chest. Overhead press is like literally you have like the bar a bench press, but up. in your hands, like basically under your chin, and then you press it over your head. Yeah. And then you bring it back. So down. the only time you wouldn't really have it under your chin is if that's past your stretch point. 
True. You know, so you could get under the bar, go over the head, and then only lower to that stretch point. So it's it's and a lot of people who have shoulder issues and are working into to re having shoulder strength. That's when you know it's a little better to do dumbbells for some of those than barbells. Yeah, I was saying you had me doing dumbbells. The, What's the, the difference and or benefit for dumbbells for somebody who has hasn't really lifted before and working you into it? You can go to more of a neutral grip as opposed to forcing that that big time pronated grip, the palms forward grip. Um, I feel That's like it's true, a little yeah. extreme for a lot of people when they're first digging in. I already knew. It still feels weird. I already knew that you had some shoulder issues. So I like kind of a 45 degree grip or a neutral grip, which will honestly aid you in getting past the sticking point for bench press. So it's funny how a lot of things will still tie in to other lifts. Yeah. I like to dumbbell bench just because I do like a little bit of an angle. Yeah. And dumbbell overhead or just overall bench? What? Benching. Over Overhead, you're standing. You like to use the dumbbells like for overhead for, or oh, 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 for, oh, oh, for either? For both, actually. For, yeah, for both, if I'm being okay. honest. Yeah. I think it's because the stability in my shoulders has to be more isolated because the dumbbells are, right? So, like, if you have a barbell and you, let's say you're right-handed or you're, you know, right dominant or something, you might just naturally compensate with your stronger arm. So when you have them separated into dumbbells, like, you can't cheat yourself. And I kind of like that. Well, I, I'll often use the barbell to, to rehab people. If there's a big muscle imbalance, like let's say you have a, a significantly weaker left arm than you do a right arm, you can't lift on a barbell because it's so cantilevered. You can't lift more weight than your left arm will allow you to lift. So if you progressively overload off of the left arm, yeah, your right arm is not going to get stronger for a while, mm-hmm. but eventually that left arm will catch back up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So some cheating, like if you're going and keeping it level, I see what you're saying. You can yeah, kind of cheat it up this way and then kind of kinda uneven cheat. put it yeah. up. They do. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. But if you force that that good form and only go up with like the left arm and you have to cheat a lot less if you dial the ego out of the mix, which a lot of people don't, yeah. dial the weight back and really start to get that form down, really start to, to build up that left arm and, and decrease the, the amount of difference between both sides. And then I do like bringing in dumbbells for the mix to yeah. continue to, to exercise stabilizer <laughs> muscles at that point um, and further aid that, that overall lift. But barbells are amazing for ruling out muscle imbalances because one half your body can't lift more than the other half can lift at that point. Like you, you are separated. Whereas if you use dumbbells and you, you keep going up, there's going to be a kind of a sticking point where, where this arm can still lift more, but this arm is, right. is so still struggling. Right, so I always base it off of my weak arm. If Which I can't good. do it with Which my weak good. arm, that's where we are. That's that's right, fantastic, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I always base it off. Also, like I like to always start with my weak my weak arm. That's what I always recommend, too. You know, like, Which, same thing for single leg exercises. Like if I'm doing sets of you know curls or whatever, start with your left arm, and then however many I did on the left arm, you know, and, and granted, Mike said uh, the other day that like, you can just kind of go to a fatigue level, right? But like, if you're trying to make things, even, I guess even. Yeah. I do want to make even, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's why I'll do the same thing with single leg exercises. I will always start with my non-dominant leg, yeah. and then I only do that many reps with my right, right leg. Yeah. Uh, True. That yeah. sounds. That's because I have definitely done the opposite. Yeah. yeah. And yep. then was like super struggling to hit the same number with my right. own leg. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's a symmetry thing and ruling out the struggle. You know, the, the strong effort should be with that, that non-dominant leg so that when the other leg works, you're keeping them similar in strength. 
I'm also really mad right now that I didn't think of that. I know. It seems simple, but I too did not think of it right away. (laughs) And I'm like, you also didn't have to think about that because I've talked about that with you, but it's fine. I've also written it in your notes for your workouts, but you never scroll, scroll up to the top to look at that. There is so much information. No, I've filtered it down to very times. little things. That I have Michael's like, it's all you. You're a failure. All you have to do is go to the top of your workout, and I have like one to two notes up there for every workout. Yeah, sometimes if I'm doing something like a Bulgarian <laughs> split squat, I don't know if I have a dominant leg. I'm like, That's oh. interesting. I'm like, no, it's, just, mean, it's just I'm so tired and oh. it sucks so bad. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to start with the left leg. And I'm like, ah, well, that like sucked today. Let me try yeah, the right try leg. One. I'm like, that doesn't really feel that much better, honestly. <laughs> now I'm just digging into survival. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go make some mac and cheese. Yeah, mac and cheese. <laughs> I should talk to you about my mac and cheese. Lay so I us. promised last time on the last episode that I was going to bring a protein, hacky, delicious recipe and try to do it every week and put it on the Instagram. So I've got... Does that mean we have one this week? So we have one. So I did Chrissy's one. Chrissy's Culinary Concoctions. That's it. That's my theme song. Wow, thank you. Hey, Victor, write me a theme song for my culinary concoctions. <laughs> a theme song for culinary Yeah, I want, you to, I want you to play it. Chrissy's and then Culinary Concoctions. Yeah, and then I want Mike to sing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, so, yeah. So I'm going to put it on the interwebs so you guys can see it. Um, the recipe comes out to... Be about 600-ish calories, 612, and it packs 60 grams of protein. And it's, uh, so we got to taste it. I brought the boys some because they behaved themselves this week. Yeah. 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 It was delicious. It was. And I, uh, so I want to be as honest as possible with the pod in in all shapes and forms. So, I like, if that. it wasn't yeah. great, I would tell you. It'd be like, this one's not one of her best. Because we've tried other stuff Let's before. Let's not put it on the pot because that'd be embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. But <laughs> this was, it was legit mac and cheese. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. You know, I mean. I know I was, you said it was yeah, pretty she good. Keeps, she keeps trying to trivialize I it. I enjoyed it It, it was really yeah. good. Like, I, yeah. it, to me, it's, it 100% hit the mac and, mac and cheese. Yeah, it does yeah. scratch the hell out of yeah. the itch. So not even scratch it. It is mac and it cheese. It is mac and cheese. It is the itch. It is. Yes. Wait, is that right? So I use Bonza protein um bonza chickpea protein pasta yeah so japanese pasta which it, and using that before I've, i have to say you do yeah. have to be careful on how when you make it yeah, if you so. overcook it or <laughs> undercook it it's you have to cook that just it has right, to be right. You, nailed you, it on you really want to follow yeah. the recipe on the box yeah um and i always like pull a noodle out and try it and make yeah. sure it's where i want it to be anyways following the recipe on the box is probably like a good general rule i know and bonza's yeah. weird it will foam you have to like you know it's a little bit different it's um, but it's not super hard. You know, it takes nine minutes to boil. Yeah. It's not any more complicated than You do anything pasta. for nine minutes. <laughs> Maybe. Right? I don't know. Um, so it's not any more complicated to make than pasta. And it tastes pretty fucking good. It was delicious. And yeah, it was so really it the pasta brings us uh, 22 <laughs> grams of protein. So it's two servings. So what I made you guys was two servings of bonza. Um, one serving is like 11 grams of protein. I feel like you um, keep trying to say bonsai. Bonza, B-A-N-Z-A. Um, that's my favorite one. There's a bunch of them, though. There's Barilla makes some, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's all pretty good. And then I have a cheesy, like, protein powder. 
which, which we talked about, I think, yes, before. Yes, it's by yeah, Meal yeah. Boosters, and I kept seeing it. I was, they kept targeting me the fuck out of me. They know me. They got me. Um, hey, it worked, and it was... And it's pretty good, yeah. So was that the only cheese no. flavor so, in that? So okay. what I did is I used cottage cheese, which packs more protein. There was cottage cheese in Yeah, that? so you put cottage cheese Whoa. in a blender, and then you add the cheesy protein powder to the cottage cheese. Perfect. Um, I add a little bit of, of fun salt. I use, like, a spicy salt. And then you blend the piss out of it, and then you get a cheesy... It reminds me of, like, Velveeta cheese. I was never a shells and cheese person. I was, like, a Kraft mac and cheese kind of gal. Um, yeah, yeah, But yeah. it gives me that kind of, like, gooey, cheesy, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, And right. then you just mix your pasta with it. And I just fed you guys mac and cheese. So you there was no correct. cheese in that at all? Cottage, like cottage cheese. cheese and cheesy flavor. But powder. no, like, oh, yeah, cottage cheese. You know cheese cottage cheese is, is real cheese, no. right? <laughs> it's out. Cottage cheese is garbage, um, is what it is. What? The fact that you made cottage cheese yeah, tastes good. Yeah, you ate it, you fool. I do not. I did not. First off, I didn't know there was cottage cheese in it before I ate it. I'm glad I you didn't tell it to me right yeah. now. I totally feel like. It's an hour and a half after you've eaten it. it you is. just found out you had cottage <laughs> an cheese. An hour and a half. And loved it. That's the first time I've had cottage cheese. And liked it, right? I, so cottage cheese really can be good. good. Yeah. You just have to figure out how to... I like to use it a lot. So like, all next time I'll make you guys maybe like my Alfredo sauce. I'm making a fa- Alfredo sauce very similarly, and there's cottage cheese in it. Cottage cheese is a good way to add a good thick creaminess yeah. to something with protein with low calories. It's low-fat cottage cheese. I've seen people use cottage cheese as a dessert, so they've, mm-hmm. they like... They'll put fruit or honey or something in it. Yeah, yeah and then whip it, and it becomes like a whip cream yeah. delicious mm-hmm. thing apparently i haven't eaten cottage cheese very that. versatile underappreciated it really is underappreciated yeah, i'm going to officially delicious. call that an underrated cheese i like that yeah. we should have a whole section we need to have like an overrated <laughs> underrated scenario and that's and <laughs> yeah. cottage cheese is in there underrated underrated uh yeah so you can like i like to make hot dog mac and cheese like a child you could do that, but also like a buffalo chicken mac and cheese is delicious. Yeah. So you can just keep adding protein to those protein if you want. Yeah. You know, but that, like, uh, so how much did, so we said it was 600 calories. Yeah, how so much it's does fun it make? About, so it's fun about this. I mean, it makes a meal. It makes a pretty big yeah. bowl of mac and like cheese. You're so what I would satisfied. generally do is do half of what I made. So 300 calories, 30 grams of protein. And then I would probably add chicken for more protein with less calories. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And then your bowl is still pretty full. But if you just like, if you're like me and like you can eat a craft family sized mac yeah. and cheese box, just one meal, sit down and eat that. This is nice because it in ratio gives you 10 grams of protein for every 100 calories, no right. matter how big you make it. You want to make 800 calories or 800 calories worth of it, it's going to give you 80 and grams of protein. It's nice when you find yeah. a whole protein meal that eats like carbs and fat. Yeah, that's my favorite. Like that's that's what most people are craving. So when yeah. you can find that deal with a little bit of effort, yeah, it's that's worth the greatest that part about it is that. Really, it's not any more effort than making fucking box mac and right. cheese. And it's really proteiny and filling and delicious. But this it was it, really good. I think I, this I, is I, where I'm a lot sorry, of people Chrissy, struggle diet-wise. Right. I wanted to, to come with. out swinging. You did. You came Thank out you. swinging, Thank Chrissy. You. This was a good one. Thank that you. was delicious. Yeah. I think this is where a lot of people struggle diet-wise, though, is, is they're having a hard time. Yeah, they're thinking they got to eat chicken and broccoli all day. Well, that's that's one of the things, too. But it's it's a lot easier for people to just, they're looking for the simple thing that they can just buy and eat. Mm-hmm. When there's, yeah, sometimes you have to get a little creative. There's like an, an ingrained satisfaction in, uh, that a lot of people don't realize that you will get if you prepare your meal. Bro, nothing and makes you more satisfied than fixing my meal and like I'll plug it in just to see how much protein it is. <laughs> and it's like this amazing calorie to protein ratio. And I'm like, fuck yes. There's, yeah. I, I <laughs> always, and don't get me wrong, I'm still guilty of taking the easy path out on, on a regular basis, but I also know what I'm doing for me. Um, but I, I get a lot of satisfaction on the times that I take 
to actually create something. And that's time that you're, you're spending, quality time, either with yourself or whoever you're living with or, or whatever. We're building quality time into the, into the, the mix. And now food is, is less about food is yeah. fuel. Also, and now you're going to eat your leftovers moment. if you made them, usually, generally. Yeah. Yeah. If I put a lot of effort into a meal and it's good and it hits my macros and I've got, like, I got lefties, I'm going to eat that. And I'm not a lefty eater, but I know it's much no. easier for me to not give a shit about some food that I bought at the, you know, I whatever, a takeout. When Does I, Aaron had the mac and cheese? What do you think? So I didn't, I didn't let him eat any. <laughs> I, told, I told him to sample it, and he didn't. And I was like, all right, well, I was That's on you, bro. Yeah, yeah so um, I guess I'll have to make That's him hysterical. Some. He's cute. I'll Speaking make of anyway. macros, I'm tired. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> My sleepiness macro is low. <laughs> so it... The mac and cheese, go back through the mac and cheese real quick, and then we'll cut it out here. Yeah, yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> it was delicious. I really enjoyed it. And I think the biggest thing is we've all started at a place of eating not healthy. And so we all have these habits and this knowledge of food like mac and cheese that yeah. wasn't exactly the greatest and healthiest things growing up. And so if you can get that feel and still hit the goals that you're aiming Absolutely. for, it, that's huge. And, like, guys, think about it. Like, if your goal is to eat more vegetables, cut up some zucchini, you know, steam some whatever. Mix that into your mac and cheese. Mix your broccoli into your mac and cheese. Oh, I, I tell like, people all the time, dip, dip in ranch a little bit yeah. or put Parmesan cheese or get some decent cheese. Like, just eat your fucking veggies. Yeah. Frozen peas are have been a go-to for us. We okay. So... I, we, I did that ramen trick that you talked mm-hmm. about in one of the other pods. And actually, that's what I just had for dinner. Um, a pack of ramen, which I, during this whole diet process, had stopped eating ramen. I love ramen. So and I just stopped eating it because I was like, oh, it's not really, there's no macros to it. But, and then you said throw chicken in it. I went, yeah. duh. Yeah. How did I not make all that connection? Yeah. So now I make, we make all that chicken all the time. And I always have cooked chicken in the fridge. So chop up like four, six ounces of chicken throw that in, make the ramen, throw that in. But I've been doing peas, frozen peas with good, it, too. Yeah. I like spinach. And Oh, that's yeah. a good, like, blanch yeah. some spinach mm-hmm. with it. Oh, that's a good idea, too. Oh, I have to try that. But we do, I do a lot of peas and throw frozen peas in. And it's, Yeah, if you can hide your, hiding your veggies yeah. in your other things has, like, really worked really well yeah. for me. Yeah, and that's fine. I know people get in their heads, well, I, just, I got the veggies in, so here it is raw. I can't eat this. Yeah, here's don't, my don't steamed broccoli just steamed. Like, yeah, I, don't, I don't care how it gets in you. It's going to do the good shit for you when it gets in you. Like, yeah. put some fucking cheese on it. <laughs> Have a dipping sauce. Like, just get it in you. Yeah. you know, it's funny. Like, if you, you force that habit now in a way that's... Yeah. You force the habit now in, in little ways, in a way that you can kind of enjoy it, and you'll find how quickly you convert to actually enjoying it. Yeah. What's fun about this cheese sauce is this cheese sauce is straight protein. So now... You can make this cheesy sauce. You can put this shit on your broccoli. Put yes. it on whatever the hell you want. It's cheesy sauce. It's, it's great for mac sauce. and cheese, but at the end of the day, it's cheesy sauce. Yeah. Like, that's something I want to remind people, right? It's not just mac and cheese. You have pasta. You can do a thousand things with pasta. And you can do a thousand things with cheesy sauce. Love a good cheesy sauce. Cheesy she everything. She just blew your mind, didn't she? Yeah. Yo. Put that shit on everything. You make that cheesy sauce, and you do shredded chicken, Ugh. and you can make, a like, a buffalo chicken dip. Yeah. With yeah. that cheesy sauce. Yeah. You know what me and Aaron did the other day? We took a can of chili, and he was like, man, I don't know, we should have a can of chili. So then we took a whole can of chicken and mixed it into the can of chili, and then it was like (laughs) chicken bean dip, and then we just like dipped crackers in it. It was delicious. Perfect. Wild. Well, we love you guys. Thank you very much for listening to another another episode of Finding My Fit at 40. We are going to get some sleep. and uh, You guys are wild. (laughs) Late night crazy people, these guys. (laughs) (laughs) Woo-woo. 
We appreciate you guys. Uh, please check out our socials. Hit us up with any questions, comments, concerns you might have. And uh, we will catch you uh, later, guys. On the Look out for flip. my recipe. Oh, here's the video finally loaded of Eddie Hall doing his deadlift. Look, he's about to do it. Oh. See, he like see bounces it. and then bounces oh up into God. it. Oh, my God. Wait, do it again. Wow. Wait, they can't see it. Are we still recording? Yes, we're still recording. So you see, I know that they can't see it, but you can see it, Mike. I was I showing can. you. All here. right, so do I have here, to like... Oh, there's that mountain guy. Eddie Hall, about to do his lift. See, he's conventional. I'm seeing it. Hands in between, and then he goes down and, like, bounces. See, bounce, and then goes. No, I oh, couldn't see it he bounces. Yeah. He bounces, not the weight. He doesn't oh. bounce the weight. He bounces. <laughs> I see like, what you're saying. <laughs> Why is he bouncing thousands of pounds? Yeah, no, 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 not the weight. It's not a basketball. What are you doing? Oh, my God. Erroneous. Love you guys. Bye. Love you. <laughs> <laughs>